Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Everybody, this is Stan Langland, and I'm one of your co-hosts tonight on The People Under the Stairs. And man, do we have a wonderful show for you tonight, because we have one of our wonderful guest hosts, Kat Ward from Paranormal Heart. And she's here again and has brought one of her dear friends uh, and fellow podcaster and author, Justin. And so, you know, I blew Justin's last name, Cancelliere. But they're going to give the correct version of that. <laughs> and my wonderful co-host, Paul James Caden. So, Paul, how are you doing? Are you under the stairs tonight? I'm nearby. I'm next door to those stairs again in the office. I got a candle burning to set the mood. So let's get spooky. <laughs> All right, man. If people start hearing the uh, fire department come over, you'll know that Paul had another accident in his office with the candle. That is. I'm, I'm always lighting fires in the back room and it goes wrong. <laughs> there you go. How about you, Kat? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Great. Great. And Justin, thank you for being on the show. How's everything with you tonight, Justin? I'm doing fantastic. I'm feeling honored and privileged to be a part of your guys' show. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. And Justin, you know, uh, I, I know Kat is in Canada. Paul and I live in New York. Now, are you a Canadian also? He wishes. I, uh, <laughs> no, because then I'd be sorry all the time. <laughs> um, where do you, where do you reside, Justin? I, 
Um, I actually gr- grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, but uh, these days, for the past almost 11 years, uh, I've been living in Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, my goodness. So so right now, as we're talking to you, you're in Bismarck, North Dakota then, right? Yep. yep. Oh, fan- fantastic. That's that's really wild. You know, that's the... Uh, now, would, would that be considered, uh, what, the American Northwest? Would that be about right? Or Middle North or whatever? <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've gotcha. So that's that's kind of rough and tumble country and everything else like that, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the the winters are rather harsh, um, but uh, you know the winds get pretty harsh during the spring and summer, uh, just because it is mostly valley, but mm-hmm. um, uh, or grasslands rather. But uh, yeah. Uh, it's actually a really awesome place out here. And um, something I discovered being out here, uh, we actually have the uh, geographical center of North uh, America here in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, the reason I was asking you what sounds like kind of a kind of a, you know, oh, this is where you're living. I was looking at a thing on cryptids today and they said every state in America has some kind of special cryptid, you know, for their state. And that's not to put you on the spot or anything else like that. Does North Dakota have like a, a, a North Dakotian uh, cryptid, something that's germane to that area? Um, I guess not specifically. We have had some Bigfoot sightings here. Uh, there is a legend <clears throat> about, uh, there's a city called Devil's Lake. And in the lake, uh, there's a legend that states that uh, the devil himself came, literally came out of the lake. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the full legend, but it had to do with the uh, Native Americans at the time um, and, and this fiery horned creature coming out of the water. I've got you. I've got, you know, now it, we were only into the show four minutes and five seconds and Paul's very wish yeah. has to come true. The we, devil we, has been we, mentioned. <laughs> we, we got a nod to Satan right there. <laughs> you know, it's right out of the gate, man. Justin was right out of the chute. And boom. It was like bull rock well North done, Dakota. Sir. Done. There you go. The devil. Didn't, is, is, that, uh, is that devil that you're talking about? Is, it that, is that Wendigo? Or a Wendigo? I'm not honestly sure what the whole situation was it was it's just a uh native american legend that actually led to the naming of the city ah fantastic well you know i kind of you know didn't let people know as i ordinarily do and and i I know uh kat said that you were just you know you've come back you've been a podcaster for many years and your paratruth radio show which you're going to get it a chance to talk all about, I'm sure, and and for the audience out here, Justin is an author. He's going to tell us about uh, a wonderful book that he's written. He's got a second one, I understand, on the way there. But uh, uh, Justin uh, knows a tremendous uh, amount of information about cryptids and, and all things related, I guess, to the to paranormal. But uh, it was the, one of the things that we were hoping that you could uh, or we could all chat about. And I know Kat knows a tremendous amount about that also. So, uh, yeah. Kat, what, is, what are some questions, you know, or what are some things that, that you, that you and Justin 
kind of rap about when you're when you're talking about cryptids. What, what are some things that interest the both of you? Uh, you kind of cut out there. Did you say me? Oh yeah, I was going to oh, say sure. you, know, what, you know you know Justin very well. What if you know? And the same as the question to, to Justin. I'm sure Paul has questions for you. And, and you know, as you tell us about yourself and, <clears throat> and all these other things like that, what are what are the big ticket items or the the big areas of interest for for guys like yourself, for Kat, for you, and for Justin? Cryptids. Whenever, whenever Justin and I are chatting, we usually talk about you know ghosts and stuff like that. But we also mm -hmm. talk about um, CERN and if it has uh, you know we've had a couple discussions on that and if it has any correlation with the Mandela effect. Um, just throwing out some ideas. A uh, few cryptids here and there. Just, I don't know. It seems to be a mismatch, mismatch of things, eh, Justin? Yeah. Um, the one thing with with Per Truth Radio, uh, before we stopped having so many guests on, um, the the go to for us has always been cryptids. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> it was only within the past couple episodes or or so that uh, you know we had decided. You know what? we do we've done so much over the gamut of of the paranormal that we kind of wanted to switch things up a little bit um mm -hmm. but uh, we we've always loved cryptids that's like our that's our go to mhm mm mhm mm yeah i've started to you know i've been interested in it now since doing this particular show this is this is not you know some things with the paranormal that i've i've studied my entire life or been interested in other things like the cryptids just very select areas but and doing these shows, I'm I'm very interested in, in it, and I'm also very interested in what people don't realize is that there's been several species of animals, uh, you know, that we have now that were once cryptids, and uh, you know that you know everybody thinks this is a fantasy, and and, and I'm sure you guys are aware of that. Am I correct? Yeah, like the giant squid for one. Yeah, the platypus. Yep. There's another one, and there's. Well, one that uh, was a a known creature, which is now considered a cryptid because it's supposed to be extinct, is the thylacine or the Tasmanian tiger. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I was yeah, just but... reading about that. Mm -hmm. How about humanoid cryptids? Now you're interested in humanoid cryptid, crypt, uh, cryptids and creatures like that. Am I correct, Paul? Yeah, I'll I'll I find interest in a lot of them and i think uh justin you said you wrote a book about the griffin yep yeah that's that's interesting to me because when i was a kid i think i was in like second or third grade and you know me and my friends and my brother we were all into comic books and uh, i don't remember the the superhero but my one friend had this comic book you know versus the griffin and it was this you know uh bird head lion bodied villain and I just thought he was so awesome. And then when I found out that the the griffin was like a, a real thing, you know, like a real legendary creature, I, I was obsessed with him. When I was in like in the second or third grade, I thought the griffin was, uh, I thought he was all that and more. <laughs> all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, what, what is the griffin supposed to be? And is, is, this, is this in Greek mythology? Now, I, I can't believe that I've never heard of the griffin, to, to be honest yep. with you. You know, if you were talking about, was it Cerebus, the three-headed dog, or whatever it is, but that's just from mythology. <laughs> but the uh, the griffin yeah. is supposed to be what now for the audience? They, they may be like... Uh, a griffin is part... Uh, I, I go by part giant bird, part lion. Uh, most legends look at it as half eagle, half lion. 
Uh, it does go back to Greek, Roman, Mesopotamian mythology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now with uh, you know, your book, when it says The Legendary Creatures Project, The Griffin, now, that's a book of fiction, obviously, that you wrote. It's a, you know, right. it's a story. Tell us about that before, you know, uh, we have plenty of time to get into it, as long as that you do, to get into all things cryptid and more. Well, what, yeah. you know, why did you write this book and, you know, what is it about? And, uh, you know, what's, you know, why, uh, you know, what would the, the audience here, uh, you know, like about it, do you think? Um, well, the Legendary Creature Project, The Griffin, uh, is, is one in a three-part series that I actually started several years ago. Uh the the premise of it is a mad scientist bringing back legendary creatures through human genetic manipulation. Uh, now you know we we've had the movies or and books even of Jurassic Park and and what have you, uh, and one of the books and movies that uh, roughly gave me inspiration for the Griffin was the the doc, uh, the island of Doctor Moreau. Uh, and I've always been super fascinated with, uh, mythological creatures, uh, uh, growing up when we were going through history class and learning Greek and Roman mythology, uh, that by far was one of my favorite subjects. And then, you know, as I went on, I learned about Egyptian mythology and, uh, you know, going in today, a lot of that kind of correlates with the cryptid uh, stuff that we have going on now we, these legends came from somewhere so now we're starting to see some what you would call quote-unquote proof that uh, you know there there's these things that are out there that we don't know about um, so that the the book actually started way back when I was a teenager in high school and uh, it's kind of evolved since then because originally I had thought of it being this you know large bat-like creature still the same premise a human that was turned into this creature um but uh it it evolved over years to be this thing of uh more more than just one specific creature that we know today more so legendary creatures so i started with the griffin and uh you know Griffin by far, hands down, is probably one of my all-time favorites. Uh, that and the dragon, you know, if you put a dragon and a griffin into a fight, I would probably be all over putting down money. I, I don't know which side I would pick. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, you know, deep down, I always had an interest in this. And then, you know, getting into the paranormal podcasting, come to find out, uh, supposedly there's these uh, embryos that the uh, secret societies or dark governments are keeping away from us that human and animal DNA have been mixed. They're calling these chimera embryos. And, uh, you know, so that kind of really correlates with what I was going with with the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that just as you were talking about that, uh, you know, with the uh, with the DNA, you know, and modifications and, and mixing species or adding on or, you know, kind of like the Luther Bur- Burbank of monsters, you know, with, with things like yep. that. That's uh, that's that's very interesting. Now, ha- has the book been doing well in terms of sales and things like that? Are people interested in have you Have you got a lot of interest with the book? 
Um, overall, I I would say yes. Probably not as much as I wanted it to, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> it can be said for any author from what I've heard. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, I I sold probably roughly about sixty five seventy copies, but to me that's mm-hmm. kind of a triumph. Uh, because I did hear in a uh, uh, conference panel recently that um, uh, the the uh, local authors, even big authors, they only sell about 150 copies of their book um, life its entire lifetime. Give me one second, guys. My dog growling i want to make sure that there's nobody trying to approach my house sure it could be it could be a griffin it could be (laughs) it could be the hat man or the shadow man or slender man (laughs) right well justin is a is uh certainly a fascinating guy uh you know to to say the least uh with things like this how old were you, Kate, uh, uh, Kat, when you, uh, you you got really interested in the cryptids and things like that as, as uh, Justin is out there taking care of business? Um, uh, gee, probably at a young age, too, because I, I, but I didn't know they were called cryptids back then because um, mm-hmm. I, I went to um, French schools here being up here in, in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I'm originally from the East Coast and um, mm-hmm. I'm French Canadian and um, we'd go to the libraries and we would always choose um we were told what section we could go to uh for yeah. reading books at the library and one day they said you can go and read whatever you want so i'm perusing the books and i see things on ancient greece uh egypt mm-hmm. you know and so i thought wow this looks really really fascinating and i was hooked from then and i mm-hmm. thought wow this, this is so fascinating and then of course later on that kind of built with my interest with the paranormal and everything but um yeah at a very young age when i first found them at the at my school library mm-hmm. i can remember as a kid be, along with all of america becoming fascinated uh and it was through the newspapers and then uh, the uh, lowell thomas if you remember him many many years ago there used to be people would wait with bated breath to see his specials uh you know he's the famous explorer and uh, uh, with the abominable snowman, uh, and I think it was the uh, the uh, the New York Herald American sponsored a um, uh, an expedition to the Himalayas to see, you know to search for the abominable uh, abominable snowman. And they they found some footprints and everything. And and then it was like all the rage in the United States. This is in the early sixties. Yeah, in early sixties. It was. Uh, it was incredible. And then all the science fiction movies with that. How about you, Paul? I don't know if Justin's back yet. I'm back. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, no, that's okay, Justin. Right. That, you know, that's a live show. It's a, the, our audience knows it's kind of like talking in the living room. But, but how about you, Paul? When did you become <laughs> interested in crypto? You know, it was pretty young for me. I mean, I remember hearing about uh, Bigfoot when I was, like, really small. I mean, I was raised on ghost stories. You know, my grandfather, when we go to my grandparents' house, he would always, at, at dusk, the lights went out. And, uh, you know, we would sit around in his chair, and he would tell a story. So, you know, way back, you know, things of the Wolfman and Bigfoot, uh, I think I've heard of the uh, the Jersey Devil a couple times, you know. So yeah. I was always very interested in these 
creatures of the night that that stalked around and could possibly be out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, way 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 back, uh, <laughs> it was an early fascination for me in all this with UFOs and monsters and ghosts. Yeah, the abominable snowman still was the one for for me that I was that I was talking about. That was very eerie, and there was very um, you know um, uh, you know a great deal of um, you know scientific work put towards that, and you know uh, you know people uh, you know people seeing things and having um, uh, all kinds of things you know going on, but. Uh, you know that 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 was one. How about you, Justin? What's uh, what's, you know, how do you break the, you know, how do you break this uh, these classifications out of cryptids? You know, you and Kat are, are kind of the experts on this. I, I think you have humanoid cryptids, and then you have, you know, other kinds. Uh, you know, whether they be like hairy ones or, or ones with wings and things like that. Am, am I accurate with that for the for the listeners who are not familiar with this? Yep, you have your flying humanoid creatures. You have just your flying uh, cryptids. Uh, you're, you have just regular humanoids, which would fall in the line of Bigfoot, uh, Sasquatch. Uh, you know, you've got the uh, lake monsters or the sea creatures uh, like Loch Ness, uh, Nessie, uh, Champ. Um, even uh, Canada has uh, Ogopogo. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it, I, you know, over the years, I think they've just kind of kept breaking down into separate subgenres or, mm-hmm. or subcategories. But, um, yeah, I mean, for the, for the most part, you can classify them basically earth, air, or water. Right. Right. Now, what are the big ones that, uh, that, you know, in terms of when you're doing your research or when you've been doing your shows or people come on and they say, in the 21st century, you know, the, the modern cryptids, what, what are the ones that are real popular, you know, or very active in terms of sightings or study or whatever right now? Um, I think, uh, and Kat, you can attest to this, I think Bigfoot is the, the biggest and most common right now. Do you think so, Kat? Oh, yeah. Um, I think Bigfoot's still, uh, still the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would um, come after Bigfoot? Um, well, you know, I, I've always been fascinated with, uh, Nessie. I think that's, that really Mm -hmm. comes second in terms of, uh, how, how, uh, popular they are. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then Mothman, Mothman's been huge since, um, the seventies. So Mm -hmm. I think another uh, big one that we've been hearing about the past few years, um, it's probably newer is, uh, Dogman. Where they think it could be, I don't know, there's so many speculations about what these creatures are, but mm-hmm. I've heard some people say Dogman is actually the werewolf, or, um, you know, the military has been doing um, um, experiments on their uh, on their soldiers to try and make them stronger and faster and a little more aggressive, so, and it just went wrong, but who, who, who's to say what it, exactly it is? But mm-hmm. You know, it's, See, it's funny. When, when I've you... speculated something, um, and you guys can chime in on this i've kind of speculated that bigfoot even though i'm a huge skeptic when it comes to the bigfoot but i've kind of postulated that uh dogman is some type of mutation of the bigfoot i've heard that one too yeah what makes you say that um 
just because more times than not, you uh, most cases or, or a lot of cases, I should say, you'll find both in in the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, where one is super aggressive, where one is not necessarily aggressive, but but territorial. Um, but you you hear these stories about um, some type of uh, <clears throat> clash between the two, um, maybe. The dogman, uh, like I said, is some type of uh, evolutionary counterpart to the the Bigfoot, but maybe the tribes have separated so much that they've become like warring Native American culture, uh, where there's there's some type of conflict. I, I guess I shouldn't even just say Native American culture, like worldwide. Um, but uh, that's kind of where I I've kind of correlated those two just because they are cited together and a lot of times they are very similar looking in nature except for you know the dog man more times than that has the elongated snout what you would most likely see as the common werewolf today um but that's that's the only reason that i've kind of come up with that paul you were gonna say something yeah I, i was gonna say it's it's interesting that we bring up dog man because on uh particularly on youtube where i i put my spirit side podcast there's been several people that have emailed me or made comments on youtube saying that they've seen these things or hmm. some of them say that they've interacted with them and they're they're relatively harmless and others have said if you see one don't look them in the eye just look down and slowly back away you know and i'm trying to i'm trying to get some of these people to like talk to me and find out if they uh you know have any uh, actual stories or if it's just a bunch of cranks but i haven't uh gotten anybody to uh come forward yet so i'm skeptical about that my second question would be this talking about bigfoot and and what it is where do you guys think bigfoot resides do you think it's something from the earth or something as john keel who wrote the mothman said that these things may be from other dimensions you know very close to us and sometimes they just pass through but yet they're kind of territorial over uh, maybe some of the parts of the earth where their doorway is or where where they kind of pass through um i i kind of i kind of side with keel on that one that they're not necessarily walking around in our woods and you're going to find the uh, the bigfoot nest as as some people uh, you know, would call it. And I think that's why we haven't found any um, or happened upon a group of them, you know, living in a hut or some such thing. But uh, what do you guys think? Where where do you think they're from? And what are they? Kat, go you want to go? Oh. <laughs> sure, sure <laughs> I'll go. go. <laughs> Super light. All right, guys. <laughs> um, I used to think that it was some kind of a primate because growing up, that's all that people would say that it was. It was a big, big um, monkey. Um, But after doing that little research paper that I did um, in school on um, cryptids, there's a lot of... I'm I'm really stumped now. I have no idea because apparently there's some Native Americans who believe that Bigfoot are um, the... um, uh, how was it? Um, sorry, I'm kind of tripping over my tongue here. 
Um, some Native, Native Americans believe that there are um, uh, guardians of the the earth, of um, you know, they're they're spirits, and they're they're here to to protect the land, and that's why a lot of Native Americans give them a wide berth um, because they have great respect for them. Uh, some of them do, uh, plus a fear as well. But um, they're they're the protectors of the land, um, and they greatly respect that. So I don't know. There's because doing my research, I found out that cryptids are all over the world. You can have Bigfoot in Canada and in the States. It's called the Yowie in Australia and mm -hmm. Nepal. You know, it's called the Yeti. Uh, they're all pretty much the same creature. They might have a little bit of a variance, maybe on coat color or something, because of the different climate that they're living in. But um, I don't know. After doing that little bit of research, I really have no idea what it what it could be. Yeah, they've even got uh, different uh, names in the United States. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, these primate type of hominids, like Bigfoot uh, in Arkansas, Louisiana, South Carolina. You talked about the lizard man. That's in the, of Lee County in South Carolina. But there's the Foki monster, the Ibu Gogo, oh, yeah. which is in Indonesia. That's very small. Hmm. Uh, there's a, a the Ozark black howler. You know, all kinds of crazy things uh, that are out there. Uh, you know, to, just to kind of su support your point there. Uh, can I ask a question though? And this is, uh, you know, one of the things, Justin. Uh, you know. This is the first time we're meeting, and I, I don't like to ever put anybody, I, I don't feel that coming on the, the show here as a guest, or if we throw something out, I don't think we're obligated, uh, this is not about proof, where a guest has to say, hey, you, you know, come on, you got to prove this, uh, you, you can't say this, you know, this is here where we entertain ideas about things, so I, I just want to say that, because my question, there's no disrespect intended there. I always wonder when people are, you know, because I am a scientist. Uh, when people are looking for these things or reporting them, you would think with any type of creature, particularly uh, something uh, like the Ozark Howler or, you know, the Yeti uh, or all these large creatures, there would be things like feces, there mm. would be uh, hair, there would be, uh, you know, the normal things that I hunt, right? I, I've hunted, you know, that, right. that, that there would be sign, for lack of a better term. Of, uh, of existence around. And, you know, it's to support a human being or to support a life form like this, that takes an awful lot of acreage, an awful lot of, you know, square miles over, over the time. I mean, you know that if you've ever camped or done anything else like that, you'll run out of wood in a hurry. You'll run out of uh, food in a hurry, you know. So you need a very large area, but you'd leave some sign. And I've seen a couple of shows where they said they might have some Bigfoot scat or something like that, but nothing that's, you know, maybe you guys are aware of it and I'm not, none of that stuff has ever turned up. Uh, no, it's always uh, inconclusive. Yeah. Uh, whether they say they have feces or hair fibers, uh, it's always inconclusive. Now, if Bigfoot is a quote unquote real creature uh that would make sense because um we don't have any of its dna on file mm -hmm. uh but uh having no real proof that we have any of that would kind of postulate that uh all's uh 
favorite theory about them being more of a interdimensional type creature right. uh, would be more so true. Um, you know, I've been a super uh, speculative side on mm-hmm. the the Bigfoot for a very long time. Uh, when I was a kid, I would would have told you absolutely Bigfoot's real. There's no question in my mind. Um, today, because of numerous things and people give different reasons as to why these things happen. For example, uh, we never get a super clear image of the creature when there's a picture taken. Uh, some say that's when they're shifting. Uh, realities. Some say they have some type of uh, infrasound type uh, ability in their howl or in their growl. Um, but, uh, you know, it's really, really hard. And I mean, the same can be said about any cryptid or even any deity for that matter. But um, it's really hard to, to say 100% this thing is real. Uh, when you have no proof. Now, like I said, that can be said for any cryptid, but some, I believe, uh, rather than others, uh, that are real or not real. Now, Kat has talked about seeing this, uh, the Slender Man. Am I correct, Kat? Uh, the Hat, ma- the hat, the hat man. man. Excuse me, I get I get them mixed up. Forgive me. It's like a, like a mental block. No but uh, <laughs> now, I know for a fact as a as a psychologist, as a, as a trained person and speaking with people, I would have I have no doubt in my mind that you if you say that you saw that, that for whatever reason that you're saying that, that that's absolutely true for you, that that that's the perception that you have, whatever caused that perception. I'm, and I'm not questioning it. But, oh, I know. Yeah. But but, you know, but so to me, that, that would that would I'd start saying. Hey, this person is a credible observer. It's like, you know, with UFOs, with pilots and scientists, mm-hmm. and astronauts and everything else. They may not have, you know, or they used to not have some of these things uh, right on tape like the Air Force is showing now, where they do. And, uh, you know, you'd have to say, well, you know, why would this guy do this? He's a, he's a professional pilot. He, you know, it's Edgar Mitchell. He's an astronaut. It's Buzz Aldrin. I remember, you know, these are right. reputable people. So even if we don't have the evidence, even if we don't have the scat, something is going on there. And here's my question to, to all of you. Now, I've never seen a crypt. I have seen other paranormal things and uh, other things which people would say, oh, there's no proof for that. And, and I can say that with 100% accuracy. You know, you don't have to believe that, but I, there's no gain for me that's there's no secondary gain. I'm not selling a book. I'm not, you know, going to get out of something or get something for saying that or attention or any. As a matter of fact, the only thing I get out of it is a negative attention, uh, you know, or ne- a negative consequence, not something positive. But how about with the three of you? Have you ever seen a for real cryptid or some evidence of cryptid, or have you ever spoken to somebody that you believe their story? And they've, they've observed the cryptid. I'm sure that's what the audience is thinking, because that's what I'm thinking. And, and I'm a pretty typical person in terms of being an audience member. So anybody who wants to jump in, have you ever seen one? Or do you know of people that you've spoken to on your shows and your experiences that you believe are telling you the, the, the damn truth that, you know, they saw well, some I, great creature or the Mothman or whatever the hell it is? Well, I'd like, I'd like to hop in and tell... Uh, <clears throat> 
our, our guests here a story and you know uh, again i i wouldn't lie about this i, I could swear on a stack of bibles on everything that i hold dear that, that this is a, a true story paul raise um, your right hand right now please uh, it, <laughs> no. it, it, it's uh, it, it's up, brother. <laughs> when I was um, about 15 years old, there was a bunch of us kids uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, and most of us were the same age, you know, 13, 14, 15. And there was a couple of younger kids that were younger brothers of my one friend, uh, uh, David. There was two Davids in the neighborhood, uh, David and Dave. Okay, <laughs> so, so the little the little kids we used to ride our bikes. It was kind of in the country. This little place called South Centerville, New York. You can look it up. It's in Orange County. There's Middletown. There's Slate Hill. There's South Centerville. It's on a road called Route Six that runs from Middletown all the way, uh, you know, through. And uh, the little kids were coming to us one summer, and they're going, "Man, you know, don't don't ride your bike down down the road." There was this big rock on the side of the road, kind of you know on this embankment by the woods and we called it the big rock and they would come in oh don't ride your bike down by the big rock at night man there's something in the woods there's something in the woods and we're like yeah right get out of here you know we're thinking they're trying to snow job us but they keep saying it we're like yeah 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 whatever and then one night me and my other friend uh paul were taking a walk it was like a, a moonless uh summer night and there was a Catholic church down the road, uh, Holy Cross. It was to the left as, as we we're walking. He stops dead in his tracks and he's like, what the hell is that? You know, and I'm, I'm looking, I can't see really anything or, or what he's pointing at. And he takes off running and I see something across the road, maybe about two yards. It was darker than the night. It looked like it was really tall, but I couldn't make out a shape. So I didn't know if my eyes were playing tricks on me and, you know, my friend had saw something, you know, horrifying that i wasn't seeing so i took off running after him now fast forward to that next february and again everybody's still saying once in a while you know there's something in the woods i hear something in the woods if i'm you know out walking or riding my bike my father said he was walking the dog one time down by the churchyard and something big came running through the the woods like it was rushing toward him and he heard the footsteps hit the pavement and he braced, you know, because it was kind of coming up to the side behind him and it was really fast. And he said he just braced himself for impact or, you know, something that was going to like take him off of his feet. And then it was just nothing. And uh, so that that spooked him a little bit. And he wasn't the kind of guy that that would get, you know, spooked, uh, you know, by anything like this. And he, he did have handguns. And after that, he started uh, when he would walk the dog at, at dusk or nighttime. He would take one of his handguns with him because he was, you know, he was a little bit uh, unnerved by this. But again, this one particular February, uh, everybody in the neighborhood went shopping on Friday night. Uh, my family got home first. I'm waiting my, for my other friend Dave and his sister Mary next door to get home. So it's February. There's snow on the ground. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to walk down to the churchyard. You know, it's nighttime. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, go down by the time I get back, you know, Dave will be home and I'm just going to go over to his house. So I go to the churchyard. I, I walk down, you know, this the the, uh, the path that goes down into the parking lot. And then you hang a right. You walk around the front of the church. Then you come to the side to this big, you know, the, the church parking lot. 
And then off to the left is this green building, which was the Sunday school building with a, uh, a street light right by it that just shone down on the, on the, the pavement. So I'm coming around the side of the church and I look up and I see this huge, huge black shape step out from behind the Sunday school building right underneath the, the street light. And I, I swear to God that this thing must have been nine, ten feet tall. It was huge. I mean, the, the shoulders were broad. I could see, like, definition, like chest muscles and biceps. And this thing is just standing there with its head tilted up like it's sniffing the air. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm thinking, you know, A, what the hell is that? Uh, B... What is it smelling? Does it smell me? And if it does, am I dinner? <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> so I slowly back up. It's just standing there, sniffing the air, back up around the front of the church where I don't see it anymore. And I, I, I just took off. I, I ran like hell. And I, I saw this thing <clears throat> as clear as day standing there. And that was like, I mean, you wanted to talk about the blood just like draining, you know, uh, out of your whole body to your feet. You know, you just go ice cold like what is that? So now fast forward to the next October. We go through the spring. We go through the summer. It's now October. And people are still, you know, the kids in the neighborhood, everybody's like something in the woods or something down there. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that thing under the the uh, the street light in the churchyard last summer. You know, I wouldn't, you know, mess around, you know, out there by myself anymore. So me and my brother and my other friend, Dave, we decide one October morning to go hunting for whatever it is, you know. So we uh, we arm ourselves with a pair of homemade nunchucks, a dagger that I found and that I found in the kitchen drawer that my father had and uh, a baseball bat. Like, you know, we're going to do like real blunders with this weaponry. But <laughs> we go out, we're walking around, we go to the big rock up through the woods. We're just scouring the woods for, you know, like three hours, nothing. And just, you know, we were teenagers and like Stan said, we're looking for droppings, footprints, uh, anything that would look like, you know, a burrow, you know, we're just looking and looking, didn't find anything. So on the way home, we're, we're walking. And again, it's just down the road from the church a little bit. There was this little this little bridge you went over, and then there was a field that dropped off, and uh, it went to some very sparse woods uh, in the back. They they weren't really dense, and most of the leaves were off the the, the trees at that time. And we're walking in the side by the side of the road, and we hear something growling, like uh, you know through this field just off in the distance in this little group of trees. So we stop, and we're like, "Oh, all right, what is that?" And again, we're, I swear, we're, we're standing there at the side of the road and, and this thing coming closer and closer till it's like literally right in front of us. And it sounds like it's roaring like a lion coming across the field. It's like, roar, roar. And finally, it's like right in front of us, just over this little embankment. And my brother, he's like pale white. And he looks up and he goes, I don't know what the hell that is. But I think it's invisible, you know. So we're like, let's get the hell out of here. So uh, again, we, we we took off running, and slightly after that, the whole thing, you know, just kind of dissipated. Nobody heard anything anymore. So th that's a true story. And long before I ever read John Keel, 
I always said, you know, to myself growing up 15 into my 20s, and I said, you know, whatever that was, it looked a hell of a lot what people call a Bigfoot. And if it was, you know, A, what the hell is one doing around here in this little small town? And B, I don't think there's something that lives in the woods. I think they're from somewhere else. I think they are from some other reality or dimension. And uh, then I read Keel, you know, years later, and I was like, you know, there it is. You know, I, I think he's dead on based on what we we experienced. But um, that's my story. And uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there for uh, questions, thoughts, um, you know, when everybody uh, tells theirs if they have one. How long were your parents putting LSD in your oatmeal? <laughs> you know, since I was about three. <laughs> that special K was really special. <laughs> but no, if, 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 if I had to, I, 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 if, if, if there was like national news or the CIA came and said, okay, we want proof of the story, I could get my brother, uh, my, my friend that, that we went hunting with, his name was, uh, as I say, Dave B., <laughs> Um, I haven't seen him in years and uh, years and years, but I, I, I'm sure uh, I could scrounge him up and we could all corroborate that story to say, yeah, you know, that day we were like hunting for the thing in the woods and, uh, and something came across that field that, that we couldn't, uh, we, we just couldn't see it, but it was right there in front of us. How about Kat and Justin? And they, Justin, you've, you've done these shows for years uh, and you guys have been interested in this for years. Have you come across a tale such as Paul's by one of your guests? Or have you seen anything like this, uh, you know, uh, or, or know of somebody that you feel is a credible source who's had an experience like this? I'll let you go, Justin. Uh, um, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm had... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had numerous people on uh, to talk about cryptids that they've researched and everything like that uh, none of none of which that i can remember off the top of my head have said that they've ever truly witnessed one themselves uh they're just collecting evidence from other people's accounts and that right. sort of a thing um so um guest wise i can i can't say that i have um myself uh personally i unfortunately have not witnessed any cryptids I have witnessed other phenomenon, but not cryptids. Um, right. I, I can't really say one way or the other because, like, people, like I said, guests that I've had on were just researchers. I've never heard of anybody's personal account of of right. seeing any cryptids, um, and I myself have not. So, gotcha. How about you, Kat? Um, well, I've never actually seen one, but I'm thinking we might have heard one. Um, the team that I'm with, um, Canadian Supernatural Research Society, we were out on an investigation one night. Uh, there's a local place here called Buck Hill, and pretty much every community has a spot where the teenagers go to drink because they hear that it's haunted. Well, this is what we have here. Um, I can't remember the, the year, but... Um, Back in the day, a little girl went missing in the wintertime during a snowstorm, and uh, her father went to look for her because uh, the dog had run out. And the little girl went to look for it. Well, he never found her, and he would look, every, oh, I think it was every day, because um, he, he was so upset that he couldn't find her that mm -hmm. she, uh, she perished in the snow, presumably. 
Um, so now this place is is haunted. So we had our radio team, our radio station from Toronto, uh, spend a weekend with us, and they wanted to see what does what do paranormal investigators do? Yeah, they wanted to be right behind the scenes. Right. So we said, yeah, come on up. So we went to this one location we went to was Buck Hill, and so you go up this this hill, and there's there might be a few houses at the bottom of the hill, but after that, there's nothing. It's just woods on either side. It's pitch black like you can't see your hand in front of you unless you have some kind of light source so we're standing in the middle of the road um each person has various pieces of equipment and we're asking the usual questions you know and um before that when when we uh, first arrived at buck hill little pebbles were being thrown at us but we didn't think very much of it we just thought oh perhaps they're uh, elementals or fairies or something you know paranormal throwing pebbles at us mm -hmm. didn't think anything of it so we're standing there and all of a sudden this loud crash comes from the forest now it whatever it was it was huge we didn't hear any because if if it was as big as we imagined we would have heard it walking through the woods first of all mm -hmm. but this loud crash and we didn't hear anything after that so of course we're all scattered uh all over the place on the on the road. Some of them, some people have flurries. Some people have cameras. Some people have um, uh, recorders. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we heard that, we all huddled together instinctively, back to back. And I had this great big flashlight, so I turned the flashlight on, and we're, and we're looking. You know, bunch of paranormal investigators. This is great, you know. So somebody jokingly said, you know, what if it was Bigfoot? And you know, let's go look. And then we all started to laugh. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. What if it was a Bigfoot? Because uh, Algonquin Park National Park is not too far, and there have been right. over the years Bigfoot sightings. So, um, and then the pebbles being thrown at us made little more sense after that. So we were wondering, you know, um, we're we're starting to think now that perhaps it was a Bigfoot, but we can't say for sure because all we heard was the loud crash. But like I said, whatever it was was bigger than a bear. It was huge. But, um, oh, yeah, it, it, we, we had a good laugh about it afterwards. But it, it's kind of funny how we're all instinctively huddled together back to back and we're looking in all directions going, anybody see anything? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it was it scared the crap out of us. Well, I'm so glad I asked this question. I am because this is this uh, is, is leading me to a question that is probably, oh, my God, 35 years, uh, maybe more uh, that. Uh, the one of the shows and Justin, if you ever want to listen to one of the people on this, if you listen to all of them, I think they're pretty interesting. But one called the Augusta Poltergeist is my oh, experience. Yeah. yeah. Where we had the police force there and everything else is crazy. I, it's I'm just saying this because you mentioned something that's in that story that I, if you recall the story, every time this event happened, out of nowhere, there would be a penny thrown. Mm -hmm. Or a little rolled up piece of foil or something. And remember, remember when I told you that the tree burst into flame? Yep. And I, I don't know if you remember this. I told you that a penny was, this is in the daytime. And, you know, in the middle of the daytime. And then a penny comes out of nowhere and drops it at my feet. And yep. what the hell is that about? You keep, you, you said something, the elementals or Bigfoot throws pebbles or, or whatever. Yeah, it's usually from what I understand, because I'm not a cryptozoologist or anything. Um, but from what I understand, it's usually a little bit of a warning where they start throwing pebbles. And then if 
the the rocks get bigger and bigger and bigger, then it's like, okay, they're not messing around. They want us out of their territory. So um, if I understand correctly. Well, you know, this is crazy because this happened, this event, uh, when it first started, and I'm not going to go off into the big story there, but it first started when I was having a cigarette with a, a guy downstairs in the, on the downstairs of our condominium with the back-faced Rays Creek, which is right behind the Augusta National Golf Course. And this guy was an army captain says, hey, get get down. You know, he says, there's something like a dark shadow came out of the, you know, the woods. He just saw a shadow. And, and then the window, you know, it looked like somebody shot a BB or it could have been throwing something. Mm-hmm. And the, the glass cracked with the thing. But remember I told you the police were there and yep. the people were saying, it was upstairs and it was upstairs and it was downstairs. I mean, I'm thinking now of like an ape-like creature or an entity or something could just go from spot to spot and not be observed. Yeah. I mean, there were, were police up on the second floor. There were police in the house. There were police downstairs. The whole goddamn place was surrounded by police to the point where they actually put on the fourth weekend. You know, this is just for Justin. They put a sniper in the woods at sunset. Oh, they weren't shitting around. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no, I uh, no, I'm not fooling you on that one. I I couldn't make that up. They had uh, the big hunting dog, uh, the the Mad Max they called him, or whatever the hell it was, <laughs> the the big bloodhound. They had done him the week before, and nothing. And the police were mightily concerned about that. You know hmm. that here they are. You know, I told you the one cop said to me, he says, yep. "Do you have a handgun?" I, I love said, that part. He, he said, "Can you follow me in the woods?" Can you <laughs> yeah, he was he was good and scared, man. So I'm just, you know, I never placed that to, with these pebbles being thrown. You know, who knows? I have to check out in Georgia to see if, who knows? Maybe that was not a poltergeist. Maybe it was some kind of creature or whatever. But uh, yeah, look up. Cat uh, had an interesting thing there with your story. Look up the uh, the elementals or the salamander, the uh, the fire spirit. You know, isn't that funny? Because the tree burst into flame out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Now, I've never put any of those facts together. So, folks, I mean, th- this is the this is the point when you just have one of those dinner time or after dinner conversations, uh, you know, in the living room or someplace around the campfire, whatever, uh, which is at least how I like to do this show. Stuff just pops out there when you speak to people, you know, with their experiences. Some, sometimes uh, you get a little piece of information. Almost like we're brainstorming. Yeah, well, just on that one, it just struck me. I didn't. I didn't mean to throw mine. Mine has nothing to do with, um, you know, cryptids. But when you, well, when it you could be. That, I, what's that again, Kat? It could be. We don't know what what you experienced. That was very strange. Oh, that was more than strange for me. And, you, and like either I said, that, either that or that cigarette you had with your friend was laced with LSD. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, if, it it could have been. Who knows. <laughs> And all the rest was just an after effect. <laughs> it, it could have been. It could have been. What's the craziest? Uh, what's the, what's the craziest paranormal uh, experience or story that that somebody has told you, Justin? Either that you've seen, you know, or someone's relayed to you, or whatever. What What's one of the ones that's given you goosebumps? Um. Well, I've put this claim to fame for myself and the uh, group that I had started in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, when Eric, my cousin, and I were doing a, a paranormal investigation team, we teamed up with another team, and they invited us to do a um, investigation at uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's family home, where wow. he killed his first 
victim, Stephen Hicks. Um, wow. Not to mention the, the eeriness of you know what happened there, yeah. but uh, we were doing the investigation, and, um, you know, it, the night was pretty dull for the most part. I, I, nothing really happened a whole lot to me for for a lot of the night. Um, my my cousin Eric, uh, he had seen a uh, golden orb visually, not with a picture. Um, uh, the resident, quote unquote, psychic of the other team saw a fl- floating torso, which would correlate with what happened there. Um, but uh, we were in the uh, now living room, which what was the garage at the time that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was living there. Um, it had converted into a living room and um, we're doing a, a ghost box session. Uh, and at the time I didn't have like a speaker or anything. It was just somebody that was listening to it and, and uh, telling us what she thought she was hearing. Um, and I, I, I don't know what came over me because I'm not usually the the aggressive type. But, you know, I said, are you here? And uh, she had said on the uh, the what came over the box. Yes. So uh, I'm like, OK, well, if you're here, you know, prove it. Touch one of us, uh, you know, move something, whatever. Uh, and shortly after that, maybe a couple seconds, I felt this touch on my neck almost like a caress uh and at that very moment i stood up i'm like okay i'm going outside i'll see you guys later (laughs) (laughs) i hear you that's somebody uh, was flirting with you well yeah that's part of the reason i was creeped out about it yeah now domber was like he was a homosexual am i correct No, I'm Maybe. being curious. Was Dahmer was homosexual? Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was homosexual. Um, and I, a lot of people believe that's what really kind of uh, stirred his his killing uh, because he was living in an age where it was not accepted. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his his father was kind of a homophobe, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But um, I, I think that's kind of, I mean, other than he was, he was, uh, exhibiting normal killer behavior. He was killing, uh, cats and, and small animals. He, at one point, even nailed a cat to a tree, which, uh, we actually saw the evidence of. There were four nails in this tree. Oh my God. Uh, he had grown since then so you could actually see that the i mean from where the tree would have been in its in its age at that time compared to then it had grown quite a bit i mean especially with a kid mm-hmm. I, I would say he was maybe 10 12 years old at the time uh nailing a cat to to a tree um eric actually almost ended up catching his eye on one of the nails because oh, he wasn't geez. paying attention and came across it and just just barely missed the nail. And I mean, these weren't like little nails. These were, these were some pretty heavy duty nails. Do you know, as a psychologist, it's one of the things and it's old school psychology, which is still people, you know, are very aware of it. It's not a sign of 
sociopathy or serial killing or any of those kinds of things. Generally, it's a, it's a it, cruelty to animals uh, on that order is usually a sign of people who are psychotic, who have right. uh, you know, very psychotic tendencies or are actively psychotic. You know, uh, because they're, they're, you know, for human beings uh, to perform acts like that, they're you know in this day and age. They're very intense acts, and it's one of the classic things that we were always trained in. That's fascinating for for the folks listening to the show. Just think about that. You guys were in the actual uh, what, one of the homes of, of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, the house that, the house that he actually grew up in. Yeah, wow, that is boy, that 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 is um, a very spooky thing, a very weird thing. How about you, yeah. guys? What what's the creepiest thing for you? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, for me, yeah, I haven't spoken about this in a very long time. It was before I got into investigating and all that. It was back home, and um, uh, I was very interested in the paranormal. And um, I, a friend of mine, we went over to some friends of ours. Uh, they had just moved in to a new apartment, but it was a really old, old house. And the main floor and the basement was theirs. And I think somebody was living upstairs. So we they're showing us, and it's a huge, huge place. So they're, they're giving us, what's that? Say again. Oh. No. Okay, I thought someone was talking to me. Sorry. So no. anyway, no, it, I, I heard voices, Are you really. To talk to you, Chad? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, uh, or I'm hallucinating. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so they're giving us a grand tour of their place. What's that, Justin? I said, do you take the LSD today? Oh, yeah, <laughs> my See special what I day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so they're giving us the the yeah, the tour of the place. Now, as soon as I walked in, it had a a, a really different feeling than other places, right? Like you know, my I had goosebumps. And certain parts of the the house more so than others. So uh, they're showing us the the, the bathroom because it was pretty big. So I felt somebody tapping me on my right shoulder, and I turned around to say, you know, hey, what are you doing? But there was nobody there, and the other three people that I was with, they were in in front of me. So I just looked at them, and I'm like, okay, someone just tapped me on the shoulder. <laughs> I because they were telling us that they thought it was really creepy and they thought there were ghosts there and and at first I was like yeah all right whatever and then after that I'm like yep I believe it because something just tapped me on the shoulder as if to say hey I need to get through <laughs> wow um, yeah that that um, that was pretty creepy how about you Paul you got a quick creepy one because we're at an hour here yeah, I'd, I'd see something creepy every morning when I get up and look in the mirror, but <laughs> uh, I, I think the creepiest one for me real quick is uh, we did that show a ways back uh, called The Shaking Bed. Oh, yeah. When I was about 11, oh, 12 yeah. years old. Yeah, every time I would spend the night at my grandmother's house, you went upstairs, there was a bedroom, and then you went. there was a door in that bedroom that led to another bedroom. And uh, we used to have some uh, family friends come up and visit my grandmother and this one later lady her name was jane jane and madeline they would visit my grandparents uh, quite often and they came up one time for you know uh, to stay for about a week and and jane actually woke up one morning she was delirious they took her to the hospital and she passed away in like a matter of hours she had leukemia wow. you know didn't 
And the whole time she she thought she was in that room because that's where she slept. She thought she was in my grandmother's house when she passed away. So it, it was speculated that uh, Jane was back there, you know, the ghost of Jane. But that's where I slept when we would spend the night and that the bed would always shake. And um, I told my grandfather about it one day because he was the, you know, he was the the ghost expert or so I thought. And he said, uh, you know, well, you never you ever see a ghost or something like that happens. You you want to, you know, look at it or look in the direction where you you hear the noise and say, what in the name of God do you want to me? And it'll, it'll speak to you and tell you what it wants. So, you know, one weekend we spend the night, the bed is shaking and I figure I'll take his advice, you know, and maybe this will work. So I sit up in the bed. I look directly at the foot of the bed and I say, what in the name of God do you want to me? And again, I, I, I swear that this bed started shaking so hard, like something was literally slamming the foot of the bed. And there was a sound in that room, like a hurricane. It was like wind. The, the, the walls were like cracking. I like flew out of that room and I, I never went in there uh, afterwards. I, I never slept in that room uh, again. And I later went to live with my grandmother when I was uh, 16. And uh, I slept in the other room, you know, the, the one that was just, uh, you know, the room that led to that room. And same thing for, for years, you know, uh, over the time I, I stayed with my grandmother, every night I would go to bed, that bed would shake. And uh, I, I let the uh, the family dog sleep with me one night. And I woke up in the middle of the night and she was sitting on the edge of the bed at the foot of the bed looking at the door where, you know, the ghost of Jane allegedly was. And this dog had all of her bristles up and just snarling all of her teeth, you know, shaking like a leaf growling at that door, you know. So, yeah, that's that's one. If I think about even now, it it, it just gives me goosebumps because that was some creepy, creepy stuff that I don't, I don't even know how the hell, you know, I, I, I slept upstairs in those rooms because <laughs> you know there was a lot of a lot of creepy shit. And, and my grandfather seen things up there. My uncle saw things up there. It was just uh, man, it, it, it was scary. To me, the scariest thing would be, um, after all the investigations I've done, the thing, and it hasn't happened to me, but what would really freak me out is seeing an animal growl like that at nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, did, that, that scared the shit out of me. I remember nudging the dog with my foot, shut up, shut up. And then, then yeah. you know, she finally came up like toward the head of the bed, still shaking. And I, I just like covered up my head and lay there playing dead. I was like, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know anything. You know, that was my. <laughs> Jeez, I feel terrible. I've never had any scary experience like that, except that one time I met Satan. But you know, that was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, you know, I the, uh, for me, I, I I've had a wonderful time. Uh, you know, listening to all the stories and getting into the stuff and getting to meet you, Justin. What a what a nice and delightful person you are. I hope we get a chance to. Uh, to do other shows together at some other time and, and have you come on and, you know, tell us about your latest book or I'd like to hear what you have to say about, you you know, UFOs or other things that you're interested in the paranormal. If you'd like to come back, I, I sure hope that you do uh, on the show. You're, you're a great guest. <clears throat> I hope you enjoyed yourself today, but uh, we're coming up on. Yeah, that. I loved it. Well, well, thank you. Justin, if people, uh, if uh, people in the audience, uh, you want to, you know, get your books, listen to your show or anything that you're doing, 
how can they how can they do that? What's some information uh, you know on yourself that you can let the audience know? Because there, there will be a number of people that are going to want to to get back with you. I'm sure. Well, um, I've got three separate websites. I've got uh, justincancellary.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-C-A-N-C-I-L-L-I-E-R-E.com. Um, there's Paratruth Radio, P-A-R-A-T-R-U-T-H Radio.com. And then there's uh, BeyondReason.net. Um, both of those are my two paranormal podcasts that I do uh, with one by myself, one with my cousin Eric. Um, Paratruth has had more of a Christian-based versus uh, mainstream-based view of the paranormal, where Beyond Reason is just more so my my particular perspective of mainstream paranormal. Um, so uh, we've got those, but uh, you can also find Crime Crack, which is a true crime podcast uh, that's done by myself, uh, Eric and my friend Heidi. Um, we also have a uh, kind of a sister show. We only did about four episodes, three or four episodes of uh, Paratruth, the S Files, where we were going back to our original show, Night Stalkers Paranormal Radio, and kind of seeing where our views were then, where they are now, and comparing them. Um, so we do have several other shows. Uh, if, if you want to find Crime Crack and... What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at... Is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did you have a bad day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.